Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. Come on, what a great morning already. I'm so excited for this amazing couple that's going to come up to speak. We wanted to, we wanted to take this time as we kind of kick off this relationship series as, as we move into this, this next month to, uh, to get some wisdom, get some counsel from some amazing couples in our church. And actually, um, I want to encourage you, you know, if you're not a twice on a Sunday type Christian, we're going to have the amazing Baker speaking at this service, but the Isaacs are going to be speaking at the 11. So if you can't make it to the 11, get on the podcast in a couple of days because you're going to want to hear both of what they all have to say. But up first at the 9 a.m., our pleasure, our treat, we're going to have the amazing Stan and Elena Baker speaking, tag teaming with power and authority, wisdom. They have so much wisdom around marriage and family, military family. So they've, they've done how to make marriages work when, you know, one person is on the other side of the world. And uh, they've made marriage work together. They've made marriage work with five kids and, and counting. No, I'm just kidding. I think they're good. I think they're good with that. Yeah. But put your hands together. Help me welcome up Elena Baker as she comes to share first. Good morning. There they are. <laughs> oh, so good to see you all this morning. I'm going to start with praying. Lord God, I just thank you. I thank you for relationships. I thank you for the relationship that I have with you. I thank you, God, that you have something for everyone who is here this morning. And I pray right now, Lord Jesus, that you would just warm us up, Lord God. Help us, Lord Jesus, to be able to receive every word that you have for us, to grab hold of it, to apply it to our lives and walk these things out, Lord Jesus, to draw us closer to you, to draw us closer to who we're called to be, and to draw us closer, Lord Jesus, to each other, to love one another, Lord. So I just praise you and I thank you for all of these things. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right, so go ahead and have a seat, and we'll get started. We are talking about relationships, and um, one of the most important relationships I have in my life is my relationship with God. So this morning, I'm going to share with you one really important lesson God has taught me and how I can have a healthy relationship, and that was my identity in Him. So I'm going to just give you a little bit of background so like, um, of my upbringing and where I come from. So I was raised in a Christian home. My parents took us to church, and they were careful about the things that we watched. They were careful about the people that we were allowed to hang around and the places where we went. So um, I was covered, like, well. I had an understanding that God loved me, that he died for my sins, and that I needed forgiveness for those things. I was raised in a godly home, and my parents did a really good job of helping me know who God was in my life. And I did give my, I gave my life to the Lord at a very, very young age. I was very aware that, like I said, I needed forgiveness. So I think I was around the age of eight when I said the sinner's prayer and became a Christian. Um, but I just need you guys to um, maybe fast forward with me. About 17 years, 
after that day. And at this point in my life, I've actually had to rededicate my life to the Lord. <laughs> I was 17, rededicated. Um, I had an understanding, but I didn't have enough understanding of how much God valued me and how much he actually loved me. And neither at this point, even with the rededication of my life, was he holding the right position in my life as Lord of my life, if that makes sense. But, and the, re- and the reason for that, to be honest with you, is because I had brokenness. I had brokenness within me. My, my perception of myself was incorrect because of the brokenness that I had. My perception and the way that other people saw me was incorrect as well. And to be honest with you, I cared a little bit too much about what other people thought at this point in my life, more than I cared about what God thought. So because of that, um, when we don't understand how much God values us, we have a problem one thing that we do is we allow our mistakes to assign those values to us. So I'd made some mistakes and I assigned value to myself because of those mistakes. And because of, those, um, because of that, I made, I made some pretty bad decisions. And one of those decisions, probably one of the most painful lessons in my life was when I took a person and I put them in play, a place that God was supposed to be holding in my life, right? So since I didn't value myself, I didn't, God wasn't rightly, rightfully placed in my life, I took everything that I had to offer and I threw it out the window to some guy. And I expected that guy to make everything better, to give me a beautiful love story that I wanted. You know, I expected him to make my world better but I can, I can honestly tell you, um, that did not happen. That did not happen. He was, he was more broken than I was, right? And um, uh, that relationship ended badly, and I came out of it really, really broken, and very, very aware that I was broken at this point. But I want to tell you something. God did something beautiful. <laughs> he did something absolutely amazing. He picked me up out of all of that mess, you guys. And he drew me close. And he began to show me, like as he, like he took me back, like he, he looked back at that relationship and he showed me where he was speaking to me. He showed me where he was trying to guide me. He showed me like even where like, like where he, he, was, he was trying to guide me back to him. But I wouldn't let him. I wouldn't let him in those moments. But it, 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 it did something to me. Like, I knew he was always with me. And in that moment, God began to heal my heart. He began um, to change the way that I saw myself. Because I began to see the way that God saw me. The way he valued me. Hold on, let me find myself here. He healed me from past rejections and hurts. And like, it wasn't even just that relationship. You know, sometimes like we find ourselves in places and making bad decisions because of hurts that happened in the past, right? So like, he even took me back in those moments where he drew me close and he started speaking to me and started healing my heart. He took me back to even my childhood where I had started believing in lies um, that the devil had been speaking to me that, were, that, that started to... Um, control and influence the way that I was making those decisions in my life. So he didn't just heal me from that relationship. He healed me from past hurts, 
past rejections, right? Like God doesn't just take, put a, you know, heal one thing and leave a mess over here. No, he's about taking care of all of it. He wants us whole. He wants us whole. So, and in that moment, I'm going to be honest with you, through the, the healing that took place, I mean, it wasn't an easy journey, because healing, like, sometimes it hurts. Sometimes you have to visit places that are hard, right? God takes you there. He heals you. He reassigns the value that he's placed on you. And, um, and then you come out stronger. You come out with a firmer foundation. And that's where I was. I finally, finally truly knew my Savior. I knew my healer. I knew my redeemer. I knew, the, I knew my God who had completely reconciled me to him. I tell you, I was redeemed from every sin, from every mistake, from every failure. I was not defined by these things anymore. God doesn't want you to be defined by past hurts, past pains, things that you were in control of or things you weren't in control of. He wants you to know that he can heal you. He can make you whole, and he wants to this morning. He wants to this morning. And uh, yeah, I can say, I finally, um, I, like those things, like I knew him as my healer, my comforter, my provider, and I was completely re- reconciled to him. I belonged to him, and I'm going to tell you, he belonged to me. All right, so the first time, like, in my life, he was rightly positioned in my life. My value was set. My identity was set. I was his, and he was mine. And from that point on, I learned a few, a few more, like, lessons, um, from, from this identity that he had given me. So, of course, I've kind of already touched on this, which was my first point. I don't know if they popped it up there or not. Um, and that is identity defines value, right? So my, my value is finally defined by him, not past mistakes, not by people, not by my job, not by any projects or anything that I was working on or friendships. It was solely um, defined by him which even changed the way that I interacted with other people. But uh, my second point is identity identifies God's voice. So as I, as I same, same situation, like as I, again, looked back over that relationship and just some of the mistakes that I had made, like I said, like God had been speaking to me. And one of the ways that I saw that he had been speaking to me, and I've, I've actually shared this before, like on tithe messages or three items, whatever, um, is peace, is peace. So like any time that I, I could look back and see like, you know what, I didn't have peace there. And I went and did it anyways. <laughs> right? So don't violate your peace. That is a way that God speaks to us. God is peace. So if you are missing peace, you need to go back and you need to find out where he's at. Like stay with peace. Don't violate your peace. And then the second thing he showed me too is um, on hearing his voice is godly counsel, right? Like we seek God, we find, we, we, we hear what he's saying, and then we bounce it off godly counsel, Right? You know, so we received, me and Stan have received, like, dreams. Like, we know we're God-given dreams that directed our path. But we didn't just jump off a cliff with the dream. Like, we went and talked to godly counsel, too. And they, like, and they confirmed. They confirmed, yes, yes, God is all over that, right? So another way that God speaks to us is he confirms it, right? So seek godly counsel. Don't violate your peace. Seek godly counsel, right? So 
Again, identity identifies God's voice, right? All right, and then my third point. Oh, I had scripture verses to share with you on that too. I'm so sorry. So um, peace, Psalms 29:11. the Lord will give strength to his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. And then Proverbs 19:20. listen well to wise counsel and be willing to learn from correction. So by the end of your life, you'll be known for your wisdom. That's a good one. All right, so identity defines boundaries. So in this one, I'm actually, uh, I wanna share a research. I I came across this little, um, this research uh, about boundaries that I wanna share with you guys before I get into what God has shown me. So years ago, a series of studies sought to determine how a fence, a boundary, affected the cognition and behavior of children in a playground. The researchers constructed a playground with no fences. During the experiment, the children stayed in the center, almost in fear, and never ventured out beyond the playground structure. Then the researchers put up a fence, and immediately the children's behavior changed. Instead of fearfully staying in the center of the playground, they roamed with freedom all the way to the fence, exploring and enjoying the entire space. Ironically, fences brought freedom. So I want to say godly boundaries bring freedom. Godly boundaries bring freedom. When you understand your value and you can hear God's voice and his leading, he is going to show you godly boundaries, right? So this, this was a huge impact on my life um, when God started to establish godly boundaries in my life. All right, so like I finally valued myself and I valued God and honored God enough to set those boundaries in my life for my friendships, right? For my employers, And at this time, I was still single, so it was boundaries for those who were interested in me as a wife. Not as a girlfriend, but as a wife. As a wife. That's right. Let me tell you, and I I, I did set up some crazy boundaries, um, and I'm I'm, I'm probably not going to share all of those today because, like, (laughs) everybody's different. (laughs) We all have different things that we're going through and we're dealing with. So my boundaries might not be your boundaries, right? You need to hear what God is saying to you. But I'm going to tell you right now, those boundaries will not violate the word of God. They will not violate the word of God. Right? So you make sure those things line up. Okay? (laughs) All right. So boundaries. As I set these boundaries up, um, there's a couple of things that happened. One, they protected me from whoops. Okay, now I'm, I'm specifically talking about as my journey as a single woman. All right, and the boundaries that I set up uh, for that. And those, they protected me from wolves, right? And they also protected me from nice people who were not my husband. Wow. Wow. FYI. So have godly boundaries. All right, and then when you value yourself and you refuse to compromise those values, there will be those who will just not mess with you. They will not, they're like, wow, like, I don't think I can handle that, you know, like kind of thing. I think we're gonna leave this girl alone, you know, like. And there were people who were like, you know, they respected it, but they knew that's not what they wanted, right? So they, they just didn't, they were like, yep, she's not my wife, you know, and they didn't pursue me, you know, kind of thing. And then there, will, there were people who were easily identified as wolves because they didn't respect those boundaries, 
right? So if someone is, you tell them like, hey, this is my line, don't cross it, and they cross it, then that person needs to go. That person doesn't get to have access to your life because they violated your boundary. I'm gonna tell you right now, your husband is going to respect and honor your boundaries. Yes, I said, and then when I was single, I set those boundaries because I wanted to honor God, and, and God protected me, you know. And, and you know, some of them were kind of crazy, um, but God will honor your crazy when you're doing it because you want to honor him. Can I say that? <laughs> Which is, a, let me tell you, like, and this is how, um, this, okay, I'm going to share this one crazy boundary with you guys, okay? All right, which led me to my husband. <laughs> All right, and this one boundary was I wasn't going to kiss my husband until our wedding day. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know, like I said, it's a little crazy. It's not for everybody. All right, but, but I'm going to tell you, like, that boundary that I set when me and Stan were, like, talking about, like, where, where's this going? What are we going to do here? Um, and I told him, I was like, well, I'm not kissing you until we're married. FYI, just so you know. And, like, you should have saw the relief that went across this man's face. <laughs> It was relief. It gave him freedom. We didn't have to worry about like, it, like sinning or any physical stuff. We could just get to know each other. We could just, you know, on that, that, that line. So in this instance, in our story, that boundary gave us freedom. It gave us freedom, you guys. So um, I do like, and, and then I said, Okay, so another thing, another I want to share this with you too, because um, Stan did protect, I know, Stan did protect, oh, I'm out of time. Stan did protect my boundaries. Um, excuse me, he did respect my boundaries, but he did more than just respect them. Um, he, he protected them. He protected my boundaries. And he, I'm not, I don't even have time to share this testimony with you, so I'm not, but he protected, he protected my boundaries and and even past that, he valued me in the same way that God valued me. So I just want to encourage you this morning, like, like in these, like when you build your relationship, like as God builds his relationship with you and you build, you're building that relationship with him, that foundation blesses and increases your relationships in your lives in a beautiful way. Um, and so I'm going to end with that. So, Lord, I, I'm just going to pray real quick. Lord Jesus, let every seed bring forth fruit. Let every word that you've spoken to people um, plant. Let it cultivate. Let it bring forth a harvest, Lord Jesus, in their lives, Lord God, where they know you and have a healthy relationship with you, Lord Jesus. Know their value in you, Lord God, and are able to build healthy relationships with your people. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Come on up, Stan. Come on, baby. Please give my wife a, a real roar of applause. An outstanding job, honey. I absolutely love you. And you are the answer to my prayers and dreams when it came to a wife. Dreams that were restored shortly before I met you. Please have a seat. Thank you so much. And um, I want to start by honoring our leaders. And um, 
Elena and I came to this church six years ago, and our relationships were firmly planted in Christ. And as you'll hear, I also, you know, grew up in a spirit-filled church, but we came six years ago. We were operating in spiritual gifts. We knew Jesus as our Lord and Savior. We felt the Lord's voice and presence over our life. And um, we got here, and I'm like, Elena, what have we been doing the past 10 years? Like, how did we not know about Fresh, Real, and Powerful and uh, answered prayers on site? And uh, it's not a testament to anything bad we came out of. It's just we knew that when we stepped into this chapter at Awaken Church that there was no holds barred when it comes to how the Lord opening up heaven. And, it's a, and we're, that's why we're here now. And it's a testament to Pastor Jurgen and Leanne choosing to give everything away and come here uh, 17, 18 years ago. And I, so I just want to thank them. And I want to thank uh, Pastors Michael and Lisa for replicating them in yourselves and in, in our home here. Thank you so much for stewarding this, stewarding us, loving us, and entrusting us today to share our testimony. So thank you very much. The, um, so um, I gave Elaine a couple minutes of my time, so I'm gonna, I might speak fast. Hey, that's what I do. It's all about Elena. The, um, and our five kids. Six kids, really. The, um, I want to share, I also grew up in a church, and uh, in a spirit-filled church that uh, I saw signs and wonders growing up. I'm talking like miracles. This person that came in in a wheelchair, walking out, wheelchairs getting thrown in the trash, people's legs growing. And uh, it, was, it was non-denominational, it was Pentecostal, but I grew up in church, and I remember at a young age having an encounter with God. And uh, many of us have had an encounter with God somewhere along the line. Some of us might not have. And, um, but throughout my life, and um, at the youngest age, I knew that God was with me. And uh, I remember an interaction at three years old that my mom had to explain to me. And she said, son, this is God showing up, even in this small moment, to let you know he's real and he loves you. And... How was a three or four year old? I remember I was not in I was not in kindergarten or preschool yet, or whatever it was, whatever it was right before kindergarten. But um, the in uh, a few other times and instances from that age up until 25 years old. So as someone who had given their life to Christ, the uh, it didn't mean I did not have problems. Elena shared some of her testimony as a saved Christian, and uh, I would if we had a be competitive, I would say my life was living hell, and uh, most of my growing up to 25 years old, and uh, you can, you can get, make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, and your soul be saved, but the enti- and still live in complete chaos for years and years, being tormented by demonic oppression, by attacks, because just because you think you're going, you're, you know you're going to heaven because you accepted Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, doesn't mean the devil still doesn't hate your guts. He's like, okay, okay, you're going to heaven, but I'm going to make it miserable. And unfortunately, uh, how I grew up, it was a lot of that going on. So, but what I want to highlight is... Um, you know, Matthew 28, 20, and uh, it's the Great Commission, uh, Matthew 28, 18 through 20 is the Great Commission. Everybody focuses on the Great Commission, but there's something at the end of it, and uh, that Jesus said to his disciples before he left them to then give us the Holy Spirit. 
He said, I will be with you always, even until the end of the age. And this is something that I had with me for years, is um, that just as Proverbs 18.24 says, that there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And that's, that friend is Jesus Christ. And I cannot go further sharing about my life and, and, and the amazing things that are going on and what the Lord, I felt the Lord has shared with me to share with us today without giving an opportunity to talk about what it means to have a friend stick to you closer than a brother. That when Jesus told his disciples, I will be with you even until the end of the age, I will be with you always. What does that mean and how do we get to that point? So it's very simple. Jesus came to seek and to save those who are lost. No one can come to God our Father without first coming through Jesus. That's why God sent him. It's very simple. The Bible says that if you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ rose from the dead and you declare that he is your Lord, he is your Savior, that you are saved, that he then comes and lives inside of you. He lives in you. And that's what I experienced growing up is that I had this voice with me. He's like, don't do that. <laughs> don't get in that car. And then I got out of that car and that car got into a terrible accident. Don't do this. Don't do that. I didn't listen. And then that alcohol abuse, alcoholism carried with me for years until I answered his voice and I came back into him and he set me free from alcohol bondage, porn addiction, a lot of really bad things. So I want to give this same opportunity today that if you, if you do not know that the Lord is with you always, that if you don't know that, the, uh, that he's here, that he's with you, I want to just ask everyone, even right now, just close your eyes, bow your head, and no one's looking around. I want to take this opportunity to ask you, do you know that the Lord's with you? Do you know that he's in your heart, that he lives with you, that he will never leave you, that he'll stick closer than a brother? If that's something you're unsure about today, whether we've had a moment like this before in the past where you've said a prayer, whether you're like me, you know, where you, you just seem to fell away so many times. If it's you, or maybe you've never said a prayer to God and say, Lord, become the Lord of my life. Save me from the torments of this world. If that's you in any of those areas, no one's looking around, just raise your hand. I want to see your hand. I see your hand right there. Thank you. I see your hand here on, the, on my right. Anyone else? Because this is the first step into not being alone. Not alone. Well, those who raise your hand and everyone else, please just repeat after me. God in heaven, today I give my life to you. I ask Jesus to forgive me of my sins. And I receive that forgiveness over my life. I dedicate my life to the pursuit of Jesus Christ, God our Father, and I invite the Holy Spirit into my inner being. I declare today that I am new and no powers of darkness have authority over my life. From this day forward, I am not alone. Amen. Amen.
Fantastic. Amen. For those who, who said that prayer, we'll have some folks over here at the end. Uh, would love to chat with you, talk with you, get you connected. And uh, I'm down to six minutes. I'm going to keep going. And, uh, but I'm so proud of you for raising your hand, for saying that prayer. And um, it's amazing. The, um, so I'm going to shift gears by flipping this piece of paper. It's like I already read all that. I didn't know. Now, just because we know we're not alone doesn't mean that we're good to just be alone. I know a lot of us don't want to be alone, but some of us are like, yo, it's just me and Jesus. I come to church on Sunday, check, but it's me and Jesus. Church is lucky to have me because I accepted Jesus. I don't know why I have a hillbilly accent, but... If you're a hillbilly like I grew up, forgive me, it's just natural. <laughs> but it's not okay to avoid Christian community. It is not. We are called. Jesus Christ didn't pull each disciple. That's right, we're clapping. Jesus Christ didn't pull each disciple aside and say, Peter, listen, go make disciples. I'll be with you always. All right, who's next? John, come here. He didn't, he didn't pull them all aside and say, listen, I'm going to completely just get rid of this whole community thing we've been doing. And uh, nowhere in the Bible does it say, it's just me and Jesus, y'all. In fact, I would argue to say that the statement that all I need is Jesus is a lie. It's a lie. It's a lie. The devil has taken something that looks like truth. It's looked like purity. It looks like holiness. And he's turned it into a spirit of religion and division. And in fact, that statement, and if it's you here today, forgive me, but if you make the statement, all I need is Jesus. All I need, I don't need connect group. I don't need to serve. I don't need to come to church regularly. If you make that statement, then it's actually a spirit of antichrist that's trying to bring division to the church. In a season where the church is bringing the most amount of unity in the church to let his spirit flow and reach the most amount of souls to then bring them into community. The enemy's camp is in chaos right now, and it's being broken apart by a unity amongst the body of Christ. So your friends, family, individuals you see or encounter that are saying, listen, I just, I got Jesus in my heart. I'm good good. Like, no, you're not. Go to a merge conference this year and be in community before you're like the National Geographic videos where the little gazelles off by its, not gazelles because they're fast, but the little water buffaloes off to the edge by itself getting taken out by the enemy. The, uh, it's a mandate from God for community. It's a mandate from the beginning. Let me find it. From the beginning. Genesis 2.18. So in the beginning, God created man in his image. So God and Adam communed together. It says that Jesus walked in the garden in the cool of the day. Yo, Adam, where you at? He communed with him. But just because Adam was in communion with God, perfect, unblemished communion, God said, it is not good. That man should be alone. And then he made woman. A lot of us get hung up on only that it's woman and that we understand that both man and woman is made in God's image, but it's because God knew that we needed 
community with each other that we could not accomplish. Adam could not accomplish the call on his life without being in community in humanity. From the beginning, it's in the beginning that he said, so if, you know, forgive me if you're new, to, new today, and you're just like, what is going on? I just gave my life to Christ, now I'm getting yelled at, I don't know. We are real big on community because we know, like, all of us together, you know, there's a saying, I, uh, there's a saying that I um, used to laugh about in the military, and is, there's dark humor. There's always, like, these motivational slides or the, the paintings on the wall, motivational. In the military, there's a lot of demotivational ones. And I saw one recently that had... Um, <laughs> not recently, years ago, and I had to change it, but it had like all these skydivers together and they're all jumping out of a plane and they're holding hands in a giant circle, 30,000 feet or whatever it is, they jump. And it said, none of us are as dumb as all of us. (laughs) And I used to laugh so hard. But, you know, every joke has 10% truth in it. And uh, (laughs) the Lord showed me something that none of us are as smart as all of us. None of us are as strong as all of us. None of us are as more powerful as all of us. So, at Awaken Church, we're always gonna push you into community. We're always gonna promote it. We're always gonna be, hey, man, I didn't see a connect group. Man, I didn't see a men's and women's prayer last week, all right? Hey, I didn't see a conference. Uh, is everything all right? It's because community establishes a safe environment in which, hey, it's just me and Jesus, can actually operate in a very safe, free environment. So then when you go out into the world, because we, though we're not of the world, we're called into it to bring light into darkness. He's calling us to go, but we can't do it if we're just living out there. We have to have community with each other. We have to be sharpened with each other. This is pretty much my notes. (laughs) For 21 years in the Marines, I traveled the world, and arguably for the first six, but I have the capacity, I've always, through those years, I've had Jesus in my heart. I've heard his voice in in my sin, I've heard his voice in in, in the good times too. And uh, so just because I have the capacity to go it alone, does not mean he's called me to it. And uh, in 2005, when I met Elena, her family was um, over-communicative. And um, I grew up where it was like, I knew my dad loved me. I think he said it once. And then once we all became uh, adults, it's all right, I got freedom from it, you know. (laughs) But uh, Elena's family... In 05, hanging out with these young adults, I'm like, this is great. And the Lord drew me to fellowship when he started changing my heart in 05. And that, the, the book, Purpose Driven Life, it was, a, uh, it was the chapter on fellowship. I was like, man, I, I gotta get into fellowship, man. You know, Hebrews 10, 25, it says, do not forsake the assembling of ourselves and together. And the Lord drew me in there because he'd known that I had given my life to Christ over, every time I went on military leave, once a year, I'd go home and give my life to Jesus. And I'd go back about two weeks later. I was just living for the devil. And I'd come back a year later, give my life to Jesus. It was about two weeks at last because I was never in community and connection. 
and uh, I was never in fellowship with believers. And uh, so what I saw was a reflection of that when me and Elena started hanging out. And I wish we could spend some more time sharing um, the wonderful journey we've had together. But one of the first things I saw that just irritated the crap out of me was that she was always with her family. She got a brother, sister, mom, dad. (laughs) The first time I met her, I just walked into the church. and They're like, go to the beach. Like, all the young adults are going to the beach. And um, I saw her, um, she was the second person I met at that church. And um, I saw her, and she came to the beach. And she's like, I got to go. I got to meet up with my brother for lunch or something. I don't know. It's birthday. It doesn't matter. All I knew was like, what's wrong with her? She, <laughs> she doesn't want to hang out. And every, it was like every weekday, she'd break and have a meal with a family member. She'd go home with her mom and dad or meet up with her brother or her sister. And uh, I didn't like it. It was foreign to me, someone who could just pack my bags and just go to South America for a year and a half and just travel and had an independence. And I realized that like, we are not called to be alone. And Elena's family showed me what it meant to have family. And that's what this house is. I don't know where you've came from. I hope I find out. But I know where we're going. We're going to Santee. We're going to Alpine. We're going... And we're, go- and we're going together. We're going together. So if you've spent your life alone... And you've got that capacity to just go. You're probably going to take about 30 people with you on a missions trip to Peru. I mean, that's probably the call on your life. If you have the capacity to get up and go. It's interesting we're over missions or looking out for missions here because we're ready to go tomorrow. We built that capacity. The capacity to be able to get up and go and the capacity to be able to establish family wherever we go. And uh, this is what this house is. This is what this altar is. So I want to pray for anyone today. And um, I want to invite the ministry team to come down as we close. And uh, each one of us are in a different place. Whether we're alone, whether we're lonely, whether we've been denying the call in our life. And just, I feel like a lot of us have been like, I know, I know. The Lord's been telling me. It was just like Connect Week last week. And I felt like the Lord told me to get in the connect group, but I just didn't do it. (laughs) And uh, it doesn't matter. But today's the day where we come together and we unify our hearts under a banner of love of Jesus Christ, under the power of the Holy Spirit in this house. Because each one of us in this room and each one of us listening is we are ministers of the gospel and fire, that we've laid down our lives for the cause of Jesus Christ and establishing his kingdom in this place. The enemy hates it. He'll do everything he can to draw you out of community with believers. But today is the day where we say no. Today's the day where we stand up. So if everyone will please stand with me. I'd like the ministry team to come down front and stand in the places where ministry team members stand. 
And even as I speak and as I close and as I pray, if you want to take a stand for your firmly established, whatever it is that needs firmly established, just come down. Come down and we'll stand in agreement with you today. Devil's been trying to sift us like wheat, trying to tear us down. He has no authority over your life. He has no authority over your relationships, your finances, your mind. So, Father, in Jesus' name, we lift up our lives today, Lord. I lift up our minds. I, just, I feel like there's people that have just been, it's been chaos. You feel like there's, there's non-family members in that mind of yours. There's non-happy people in there. I bind a spirit of confusion over our lives. I speak clarity over our minds in this room. I thank you, Lord God, that whom you set free is free indeed. And this is a house of freedom. I thank you, Lord God, for the spiritual activation of these amazing people today. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that because of your stripes, our relationship with you and your stripes, that we're healed, that we walk in the fullness you've called us to, and that talks about physical health as well. I speak physical health to us today. I see carpal tunnel in the, in the left hand. If that's you, please just raise your hand and wave it. I just see that carpal tunnel, is that person? I see that carpal tunnel leaving right now in the name of Jesus, because Jesus paid for it. He paid for that. And we are his, and his, he sets us free. He establishes us at the top and not the bottom. See relationships being reestablished. See relationship with, with mothers being reestablished. That, that mean old cranky mom growing up was like, Mom, I didn't do nothing wrong. Like, why are you yelling? I see rejection being broken off today. I command rejection to go. I release forgiveness today over parents who didn't necessarily do the right things, but they did their best. Lord's covering that today as well. If any of this speaks to you, please come down to the front now. Father, we, we close out this time lifting up your powerful name and that same name, that Jesus power, Lord God, the same power that rose you from the dead and set us free forevermore. I de declare that resurrection power over our lives today. I thank you, Lord God, that it's not just a day for us to encounter you, but it's us to encounter you through each other, through our children, through our generations. And I make a we make a public declaration today that the enemy is not in charge of our relationships. The enemy has no authority over our families, over this church family. We, we come against them by the power of the name of Jesus, by the blood of Jesus Christ. We separate demonic powers in our East County area, in our church, in our homes, in our families. We separate that demonic power from what God's doing, and we push out darkness today. We push out darkness today, and I thank you, Lord God, that we're entering a season of greater unity in the church that we've, in our churches that we've ever seen before. You will not be mocked. Your word will not return void, and we thank you, Lord God. And we just, let's just, uh, as I say, in Jesus' name, amen. Let's just lift up a roar and a shout of praise today. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now. <laughs>